Hey everybody, welcome, welcome to Movie Club Mind Blower. We have a new setup today. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for joining us. Yeah. Uh, inspired by the Snyder Cut episode, which is doing Snyder Cut numbers, we've decided to reunite in person for another special episode of Movie Club. Yeah. Uh, where we will be having an in-person discussion. Today's movie is a Sean pick. Actually, actually it's a Rocco pick. Wait, Rocco picked this movie? Yes, Rocco I picked did. this movie. Yep. <laughs> Today's movie is a Rocco pick. Rocco, would you like to introduce this film? This was the, probably the only nominated movie that I watched. Uh, you know, if we're talking Oscar season, this was the only one I had seen, I think. Uh, I watched half of Mank and fell asleep. So Sound of Metal was the choice, and I actually got something out of it. I felt like, uh, you know... For a while there, we had been um, chained to these HBO Max uh, debuts. Right. Now, no longer. We break out. Yeah. We broke free. Sorry, 400 blows, but your HBO Max yeah. debut did not impress us. It was yeah, it was on uh, HBO Max. That today, count. we count. are doing Sound of Metal. Not to be confused with Sound of Music. Which I've called it many times by accident. Yeah. I think all week we were saying that. One yeah. of them has Nazis. The other has sign language. You'll have to watch both movies to find out which is which. Yeah, one of them has Nazis, the other one has not hears. That's a thinker for the that, intellectuals. Yeah, that, that's out definitely there. a thinker. Uh, I want to apologize in advance to all of the handicapped people uh, that practice ASL that were offended by Rocco's joke. Yeah. Um, it was a, it, I was making fun of the Nazis. I don't okay. know if you guys heard it <laughs> or if this episode is subtitled, but yeah. we'll, I'll convey, I'll, I'll convey the offense to you later. Making fun of the Nazis. It's yeah. okay. Okay. Anyway. So, Sound of Music. Uh, metal. Fuck. fuck, I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of Metal. It's been happening all week. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an Oscar-nominated movie about uh, this guy named Ruben, who is a drummer for a band called Black Gammon. Uh, and he basically loses his hearing and has to come to terms with his whole life collapsing because his life is as a musician is based all around his ability to hear. Uh, it's an auditory lifestyle. So it's a devastating event to occur. Yeah. Um, it's a sad movie. It is a sad movie. And I, I, you know, I, I went on the podcast and I was like, I don't want to watch sad movies. I'm done with that. And what a dumb statement, obviously that was not the right thing to say, but like, you know, I just did, I wasn't ready for heavy movies. And then I watched this movie and I was like, yes, I am. This movie was fucking great. Like, what am I saying? Like, I, I had no plan to watch this movie. Like, oh, that sounds like a problem. No, 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 thank you. And then I watched this movie. Like, yeah, it was a problem. But the way it was solved was, I, I loved it. So, you know, what am I talking about? Not wanting to watch these movies. So <laughs> maybe I should go back and watch the movies I said I'm not going to watch. Maybe. Um, yeah, I like this. I saw this movie earlier this year on Amazon, um, prime. It's, a, yeah, it's exclusive. Video. I think, yeah, I think, they yeah. were the ones who like distributed it, uh, long before it was nominated. I really enjoyed it. I felt like the movie opens kind of like a horror movie. Yeah. Almost like a body horror movie. Like, uh, the movie buried or buried alive where I think Ryan Reynolds is, is oh, yeah, buried. Is, is buried in a the coffin. The movie is gnarly. Or there's another movie called Awake, where yeah. a guy goes under surgery and he can't move, but he's mentally aware of all of it. There's, oh, whoa. I haven't seen that one. Damn, actually. dude. Yeah, <laughs> there's a gnarly. certain brand of horror film, which is like one guy in a shitty situation and you live it with him. Yeah. And this movie, to me, 
starts off like one of those horror movies. It's this metal drummer. Um, and then one day out of nowhere, he gets tinnitus, just like a ringing in his ear. And then just like everything is muffled after that. Um, have you guys ever had tinnitus? Has that ever like stricken you? What do you mean? Like what with the ringing in my ear? Off like I have been sitting at my computer late at night, just browsing the internet. And all of a sudden it'll be like, Oh yep. yeah. And I have a ringing in my ear and like, it feels like I can hear less well out of one ear. Yes. It's very uncomfortable. I have, I have had that. When I was a kid, I had a lot of ear troubles. I had so many ear yeah. infections that they had to do surgery on my ears and give me like tubes and stuff. Um, oh, yeah, I had shit. to, I had to do that too. I couldn't, uh, my dad says he has this like memory of me like in a crib like holding on to while they were wheeling me away back into surgery, and I had to wear like these like earplugs so I couldn't get them wet because if I got the tubes wet then I'd be all fucked up. It was a whole oh. thing. Oh my god! So I'm not saying like I remember most of this, but I do remember like the earplugs and stuff like that. So when this happened, I was like, dude, man, this could have been me, or this still could, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, I was messed up. Yeah, so what do you do if you are just a young 20-something-year-old guy and you lose your hearing one day? That's kind of the premise of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Ruben tries to hide it from his girlfriend, Lou. They play together in a, in a band, and they're touring. They're poor, so they live out of an RV, and they have gigs coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're living the gig life, you're probably living show to show, maybe getting a couple hundred dollars per show. Uh, so you can't really stop. Right. Because if you give up that lifestyle, it's and over. You're screwed, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's his conflict. Uh, Ruben goes to kind of get help at a pharmacy, which is this really, un- the whole beginning of the movie is really uncomfortable when he's yeah. trying to hide this yeah. affliction and from everybody. And you know what I thought yeah. was interesting with that part was like, they they show them but when he has his hearing, and he's talking to her like nonstop, and they're just having conversations and like super like tight. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like he's just folding shirts and then boom, it's just gone. But like he doesn't tell her, yeah. And then it's like the, not until the next show, I think the next show, where he tells her, and it's like, how did you get? How did she not figure this out earlier? My, that's my one thought with the movie. It's like, well, how did? I don't get that. Like you just like faked it. Like you you couldn't hear anything. He's really good at lying. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ruben is the character is a recovering drug addict. And I think that there is an underlying theme in this movie of uh, addiction and addiction recovery and dealing with addicts. And so, you know, she may know, get the feeling that something is wrong with him, but right. she doesn't know what it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, sure, sure. And later on, she even wonders like, oh, is he doing drugs again? Like he's keeping something from me. Yeah. But typically yeah. people who suffer from these addictions are very good at hiding. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. they did a really good job of instantly showing you who the characters were. I thought like the drummer, he's drumming and like he has a tattoo on his chest. It's like, please kill me. It's like, obviously <laughs> this guy is like. A little unhinged. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, without even knowing his, anything about him, I saw that. I'm like, okay, this guy's a little fucked up. Yeah. And then, like, you see the girl for the first time. What was her name again? I'm sorry. Lou. Lou, yeah. for the first time. And you see, like, all, like, the cuts on her arm. So it's like, okay, she's going through things as well. Like, you can yeah. Ar- yeah. already see, like, without saying a word, I already knew who these characters were, or at least something about them. Yeah. Definitely. So the tattoo on his chest that says, please kill me, is a reference to Richard Hell. Uh, for anybody who's interested out there, Richard Hell played in a lot of punk bands like Television and um, a couple other prolific bands and is basically credited with uh, developing the look of punk rock. The spiky hair, the ripped clothes, oh, the okay. denim. Hmm. 
um, and Please Kill Me is uh, some sort of prolific message in his catalog. <laughs> um, I was reading about Richard Hell and how they kind of based Ruben's look off of him. Mm. And in those early scenes when Ruben loses his hearing, they actually had the actor Riz Ahmed put deep cochlear implants into oh. his ear canal, which would play white noise. Oh, and he whoa. said he couldn't hear anything, including the sound of his own voice. Oh. Whoa. And then when they would film those scenes with Lou, his girlfriend, she was never aware of what he could and could not hear. Oh, wow. And she whoa. was never told by the director which parts of the conversation would end up in the movie. So she's like, I basically had to have these conversations with him not knowing who I was talking to or, yeah. or what part of the story we were conveying. Damn. That's so interesting. So, yeah, the actor, Riz uh, Ahmed, had to go around just basically with these implants. I couldn't, I don't know if, I would do it if I was making a movie like this, yeah, but right. that just sounds extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, something yeah. that, it, you know, well, I if mean, you have a phobia of stuff going in your ears, it's a, a deal breaker. After I saw it, obviously I saw that, you know, he didn't win... The best actor, I mean, because I knew I think Anthony Anthony Hopkins won or something, yeah. but but um, I mean I was like he had to be nominated, right? And he was because it's like, dude, the dude spent six months learning how to drum for this. Yeah. He learned ASL yeah. for this. He put those implants in. It's like, yo, this guy went like full on to yeah. get this right. He yeah, had seven yeah. months to prepare for this movie. Wow. Which, what are you doing for seven months to prepare for this movie? Not talking and <laughs> learning how to drum. I could teach you how to drum in seven weeks. Drumming well, is not a complicated <laughs> instrument. You have us two sticks and you hit stuff. Well, you know, I was thinking, it's like, yo, I've been practicing drumming by myself and I'm just as bad as when I first started. Like, I don't feel like I've improved really at all. And like, this guy had the fucking dream gig where he got to learn how to drum <laughs> yeah. and yeah. he was getting paid to do it. You know, I think about that stuff all the time when, uh, you know, I remember when 300 came out and they were like, you know, uh, what's the main guy? The Leonidas. Actor. Oh, uh, oh, Gerard, uh, Butler. Gerard Butler. I remember they were like, dude, he was in the gym just, you know, six hours a day. And that was it. And I was like, it, my gut reaction was, oh, I couldn't do that. And then I was like, but if someone was paying me a million dollars to be at the gym every day for six hours... I yeah. would do it if that was my full-time job. So yeah. That's how, do, what, how do I work uh, that out? Mac from It's Always Sunny <laughs> yeah, Rob McKinney. Yeah. He got really buff for that show. Yeah. And yeah. he said, like, yeah, it's easy to get buff. Just exercise and watch your diet and have a personal trainer paid for by a studio that's yeah. going to monitor yeah. you for eight months and yeah. make sure that you get paid well yeah. and taken care of to get super buff. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, last thing I want to say about this opening part of the movie. When yeah. it started, I, I'm a fan of this kind of music, metal in general, and I thought the music kind of sucked, personally. Yeah. Yes. it sucked too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, then I found out that this, <laughs> the band in this movie, this couple, is, and this whole movie in general, is based off of a real-life band and another movie. Oh. So here's the story of how this idea came to be. The director of this movie, this is his first... Uh, first film that he's directed but he previously wrote a film called the place beyond the pines which stars ryan reynolds mm -hmm. it's an awesome movie maybe we should watch it on movie club that director the director of that movie originally had a movie called metalhead based off of a real life band called jucifer oh uh and that is basically the same movie as this one it's the whole idea that they they're filming jucifer which is a guy and a girl metal band and the drummer loses his hearing and has to come to terms with it. Mm. That movie was being made in 2009, but kind of just ran out of steam. It was an independent film. And then this guy made real movies, got famous, and 
talked to the guy who made this movie, basically said, take my idea and make a real movie out of it. Huh. Interesting. So even though I thought that, you know, the music wasn't my forte in this film, I looked up Jucifer, mm-hmm. the band that this is based off of, no. and it sounds exactly the same. Oh, well, there you go. And I also, I read that the the actress who played Lulu, like, wrote the lyrics for this. Like, she, like, wrote her, the song or or something. Like, yeah. it made it a little more personal. But, yeah, I thought it did suck. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's... I actually think it's funny because those two actors had to perform that show live in a, in a nightclub for a real audience. They didn't know they were filming a movie. Oh, my God. Uh, and so they were, like, nervous about it. But I just felt like we've performed live. Like, yeah. who cares? And, by the way, you sucked. So I yeah. guess uh, now we, uh, we all caught your worst nightmare on film. I mean, yep. I do feel like if I had to go in front of... Because we go in front of a crowd that's friendly to us. They know who we are. At least, or like, even like, they have a general idea of what we're about. Yeah. But that's like, yeah, I'm going to a metal show. I don't know this band. I'll check them out. And it's like, oh yeah, they fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's okay. I'm going to be a, lo- a lot less nice about it. I've been to so many shows with the opening band that sucked. And it's like, I'm going to get another drink and go on with my night. Yeah. Nobody true. cares. Nobody goes, I'm going to find that band and fucking tell them how much they suck. <laughs> Nobody cares. Right. It, it's funny you mentioned, though, performing our show live because that for me that was when i experienced the tinnitus thing i for some reason our first la show that we did yeah mm. i had that happen like a couple times like during the show it was like dude. and it's like why is this happening now like what? oh my god dude that first la show we did in the middle of the show i this has never happened to me before mm-hmm. or since in my life i got a debilitating foot cramp Really? In Whoa. the middle of that show, my foot and my toes started seizing up and curling really? up. And it I didn't hurt know that. So fucking bad. Wow. And I was on stage like, oh, my God, like, what do I do? And I started like stepping on my foot trying yeah. to work the cramp out. What and the, the fuck? Uh, yeah, I don't know what we were doing, but I ran backstage and like took my shoe off. And oh, shit. Started massaging my foot like a maniac Whoa. and just thinking like, it's our first stage show. Why yeah. the fuck am I getting a foot cramp yeah. right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's really weird. I, I was on stage during Love Doctor. I was just standing there. and It's like, what? The yeah, it's not even a loud part of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It wasn't, it wasn't like I got blasted by a speaker or something. So uh, anyway, it's just funny you mentioned. Yeah. Wow. The show must show. go on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, you know, eventually Lou finds out that Ruben is, he can't hear anything. And she is concerned that he is so depressed that he's going to go back to drugs. Uh, so he calls his sponsor, and the sponsor and Lou convince Ruben to check into a shelter for deaf recovering drug addicts, which is a highly specific. That's, that's very specific, to be yeah. In, but mm-hmm. you know, this is why I like movies like this because I didn't know such a place existed. Yeah. Of course, it would exist. I just never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he meets the director of the program, a guy named Joe. Who steals the show in I this movie? I completely and agree. Yeah, he was nominated too. Was he? And yeah. I, I, and he won. Oh, he did. Did he win? I think he won for best supporting actor. Oh, man, I uh, watched the Oscars. I can't even remember. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope he won. I'm, I hope you're I right. I can't remember. Yeah, I, 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 I truly don't know. So I believe you. Um, yeah, that guy. Apparently, I don't know much about him, but I thought he just did like shitty B movies until this one. Like, he hasn't really had like a main because I hadn't really seen him before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you yeah. guys have. Mm-mm. No, but uh, I found some information on him, and his name is... Paul Racy? Uh, yeah, Paul Racy. And he's not actually deaf, but he is the children of deaf parents uh, or a child of deaf adults known as a coda. Oh. 
Um, and so he is a hearing person who grew up with deaf parents, and he happens to be, when he's not acting and getting nominated for Oscars, the lead singer of a Black Sabbath tribute band oh. called Hands of Doom ASL Rock. Whoa. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Whoa. yes, there are videos of Hands of Doom ASL oh, Rock I gotta check those performing out. live. Yeah. Yes, I found their Facebook page and looked it up. No, it's not as cool as you think it is. Oh. Yes, it is extremely dorky. Uh, but it's also wholesome. And yeah. it's so funny how Black Sabbath has gone all around the world to being wholesome to me. Mm -hmm. Like when I see a bunch of old dudes singing a Black Sabbath song in a tribute band, I don't think like, ooh, devil worshippers. Wow, fucked no. up. Oh, killing animals and, and titties. <laughs> I think, oh, old dudes. Ooh, nice, nice rock. Yeah, oh. Yeah, my grandpa, my dad would like this. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It kind of has that vibe. So he, uh, in Hands of Doom, if you look up the video, plays like a Dio. He's more Dio okay. than Ozzy. Sure, you know? sure. He kind of has the long hair, and he does the ASL while he sings along. That's dope. To the Black Sabbath That's so lyrics. cool. And I'm going to say, you have to watch the video for just this. And I don't know anything about ASL, and I swear to God I'm not making this up. This is fucking real. Okay. He does this move. Throughout the performance. Whoa. Uh -huh. I don't know. What is that in ASL? I don't know. He does it over and over. I took two semesters of ASL in college. It's like I don't know what that is. He makes his hands this big. That's pretty big. Two, and he, yeah. he like. Fuck the tuna can. <laughs> is it that or is it riding the pole or is it. Huge, huge dong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look up the video. The the band is called Hands of Doom, ASL Rock. The lead singer is Paul Racy. That's cool. It seemed to me when watching this movie, like this guy was born to play this role. And like, yeah. even like what you're telling me here, like how he had two deaf parents and yeah. like, you know, like it just seems like, yeah, this guy was like, I don't know if the movie was written for him, but it might as well have been because like he nailed it. So good for this. You know, and that's the thing about being an actor. You, When you're a kid and you think, like, oh, being an actor would be fun, you look at movie stars and then you think, like, can I do that? Like, am I right to be, you know, I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not going to star in Jurassic Park. But the truth about being an actor is anybody can be an actor because there's a role for everybody. And it really is, are you right for the role? Mm -hmm. You know, Paul... Racy may not be the world's greatest actor. He may not be able to be the star of Jurassic World. That would probably suck. But in this role, there's nobody better. Right. And he, yeah, he maybe was born to play this role. So yeah. if you want to be an actor out there and you don't have the look, just find the role that's perfect for you. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Jurassic yeah. World couldn't, wouldn't be any worse with him in the lead either. <laughs> well, so there you go. It might, you not, know, be it might sorry, not be Chris, better, but it wouldn't be worse. Uh, you know, Paul Racy starring in Fast 9. Is he gonna pull that off? Actually, I would love to yeah, see this I would, guy. Uh, maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I kind of like I'd see this, this guy in anything movie. he does. I really enjoyed him. Well, then you'd see how sucky he might actually truly be. Maybe. New Bond. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, Ruben is a metalhead. He's a drug addict. He's in this recovery program, and the movie kind of takes a turn here—a a predictable turn where the the program is very wholesome. He gets introduced into some classes with children so he can learn sign language. The real actor, Riz Ahmed, spent seven months actually learning ASL, which is like learning a second language. Not yeah. only a language, but like being introduc introduced into a new culture. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
So that's super enriching. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. And I, I read that some of the stuff like with the kids were improvised. Like they, it wasn't like that wasn't written. It was like him drumming and doing all the stuff with them is like that was really him doing that. Wow. That's cool. Uh, with them. So I thought that was really cool where it's like, yeah, like four months ago, you couldn't have talked to these kids. But now you're like fucking around with them and like improv, improv with yeah. them. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like awesome. Um, it was a low budget movie technically. And so they had seven months, I guess, to prepare, but they only had four weeks to shoot this. Wow. Thing. So oh, wow. I didn't know this that. in four weeks, one month. Damn. Um, they shot all this as the movie goes on. Ruben really wants to get cochlear implants um and there's an early scene in the movie where he goes to a doctor and the doctor explains your insurance doesn't cover this and it's very expensive which that that blew my mind that insurance would not cover well that. you know what yeah. though that, it uh, does but also doesn't make total sense like of course insurance wouldn't cover that insurance is the fucking yeah. worst like why would it cover that, that? was like well, uh, side note according to imdb's trivia page insurance does cover cochlear implants. oh, oh. yeah wow and uh, it's specifically under like Medicare for all and Obamacare, it is explicitly like, yeah, this is the standard treatment for nerve damage in your ear. Well, it is covered. I feel like I was so, lied to. Yeah, either the movie <laughs> gets it wrong or this guy's a fucking drug addict and doesn't even know shit about shit. Wait, no, it's the or, doctor who told yeah, him. Yeah, she tells him and they are not. She explicitly says they're not covered by insurance. Well, me. Well, no. Bad doctor then. Yeah. Or the trivia section on IMDb is bullshit. One Maybe. or the other, but I I highly doubt that. When did this movie take place? Because it could have been before. Yeah. Obama. See, I thought stuff like this, yeah, wasn't covered back then, but is now maybe. Or mm. yeah, who knows? Know. Well, food for thought. Yeah. So, um, Ruben, he stays at the um, recovery program, and he's sponsored yeah. by a church. But when his sponsorship runs out, they give him an opportunity to stay there if yeah. he becomes a teacher. What? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to bring this up, and I thought this was a... When you first meet... Uh, I don't remember Paul Racy's character's name. Joe. Joe. I thought it was very interesting, and like it obviously pays off later, but he says, like, being deaf is not a disability. We don't consider it that. And so like those implants, we don't like them. Like That is not something that we are interested in. Yeah, that's just not... That's not the MO of their community. Right. Is, like We, we don't believe that we have a problem yeah. here. Yeah. So just, you know, whatever. Yeah, and he keeps track on his ex-girlfriend, and she's moving on with her music, and he's very much in a rush to get back to normal. And that's kind of what this whole movie is about, by the way. This guy's in a fucking rush to get back to normal. Doesn't realize that that might never happen. Right. Uh, and so time and again, he's like, yeah, yeah, just fix me up. Just give me, do, tell, tell me what I got to do to get out of here. And they're like, bro. Go to your room and write in your journal. And he's like, I don't want to fucking do that. Okay, just give me what I need. And, and, yeah. and so that's like a big theme of this movie. Uh, at this point in the movie, he starts selling his old music equipment and selling his old RV and basically selling everything that he, that he valued in his old life so that he could afford the cochlear implants so that he could get back to normal quickly. He gets the cochlear implants, uh, but after the surgery, he has to wait before they can be turned on. He has to like heal up a little bit. So he goes back to Joe in one conversation, final conversation, he tells him what he's done, and he says, I want to borrow some money so I can buy my music equipment back so that when the cochlear implants turn on, I can get back to work and I'll pay you back. Uh, and Joe says my favorite line in this movie, which has really affected me because I think it's such a powerful line. He says, I don't know what you're going through, but from where I'm sitting, you look like an addict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting because, you know, this guy is an addict. Mm-hmm. And he's acting like it in that moment, too. The way he's talking 
it's not about drugs, but it also is exactly how they would talk about drugs. Yeah, he's yeah. he's addicted to his life. Almost know? hearing, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, know? he's addicted to hearing. And for me, why it was so powerful, it was such a revelatory moment in the movie because it's like you can be addicted to things that aren't what society would consider bad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're addicted to crack cocaine or you're an alcoholic, you're an addict and you need treatment. But this guy has a bigger issue of just self-destructive behavior because he can't give up things when it when it's time to give them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a larger story there. And that, to me, was kind of the big lesson of this whole movie. And why I honestly feel like this movie and that guy was nominated for an actor was all like in that scene. I felt like mm-hmm. it was such a powerful moment, just wrapped up into such a precise line. Really effective, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, and not even, I mean, you're talking, and you know, obviously, yeah, addiction is part, like you were just saying, that's all in there. But even just like, <laughs> uh, how do you, like, symbolically, noise, like, you almost like people almost fill their life with noise to mm-hmm. avoid certain things. I mean, and, I, you know, <laughs> always it, personally have yeah. noise on. Yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night and the TV is off. I turn on something to listen to. Yeah. Because I need to fall asleep. To I need to have noise at all times. Yeah. So so like literally, but then also like metaphorically, you know what I mean? Like sure. you fill your life with all these things. And uh, I just thought this was a beautiful story yeah. about l- inner peace. You know what I mean? Like yeah, totally. trying to find like, yo, let the quiet and just be there. I don't want to turn this all political and whatever, but I do think it's very poignant with this past year and all the drama going on in America about people who are like, we got to get back to normal. And, you know, I don't like the vaccine. I don't like the mask. This movie reminds me of it because I feel like there's so many Rubens in the world out there mm-hmm. that can't mm-hmm. just yeah. accept yeah. the situation. Yeah for what it is. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And there's this big rush to like, hey, just give me what I give me what I gotta do and I gotta get back to normal because I got shows to get to and I got work to get to and my yeah. girlfriend's leaving me. And it's like you are in an extreme situation. Yeah. And you need to fundamentally stop and cope with your future. Yeah. Like that's a things great have point. It was really it was really like a, a a crazy situation too because like I in 2019 I was doing all kinds of wild shit like every day. And then when all, when everything shut down, I was surprised that like I took that was like a, a welcome contrast. It was like, you know what? I need to s- like sit here and appreciate what yeah. what I have. And I was surprised how many people I knew older than me, you know, and like family members of mine that were like went into that mode where yeah. it was like, I don't know a world that isn't noisy. I need to like right. whatever. And it's like. I don't know. It was interesting seeing who was like that and who wasn't. I and this was the perfect movie to come out after all that. You're right. I didn't even think about that. We are the generation that has always had to adapt quickly. Yeah. That's just kind of yeah, how that's a good we point. were always raised. Yeah. And so I feel like people below us, like maybe Gen X is a little a little with us, but like anything below that, it's like, I'm not doing this. Like yeah. I can't handle this, but we're like, hey, I'll change in a day. That's fine. I, I yeah. panicked and was freaking out for two days at my house and then yeah. I was fine. I mean, I was still you know, freaked out, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I understood what's going on. Yeah. I, you know, to speak to that, I totally understand why people freak out, especially when you're yeah. older and you feel like, I don't know if I have a year left. Yeah. I might die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I have five years left, you know? And That's I, how a lot I, of my family were. I had yeah. plans and things I wanted to do, and I'm not ready, you know? Sure. I, you know, got in this conversation because I was talking about how 
people who are in sixth grade this year won't be going to sixth grade camp. And it's like, right. that sucks. Yeah. Right. Oh, if I you're, think if about you're that. 10 years old and you miss sixth grade camp, coronavirus robbed you of it. But then also you just do it all outdoors. People in college were robbed of their graduation. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some people died, you know, some people, yeah. We're robbed of their future, literally. So I get it. I get the, like, we got to get back to normal and yeah. the desire to do that. But I do think that this movie is an artistic reflection on the struggle to do that. Yeah. And how hard that is sometimes. And how sometimes, honestly, that's a rational addict behavior, you yeah. know, because it's just not the appropriate response. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about it that way. That's really interesting. It's totally like a, a phenomenal reflection on, yeah. on that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is an Oscar-worthy movie. Like, check yeah. it out. It's good. It's yeah. fucking deep. But I, but let me tell you, this is pretty good, but that half of Mank that I saw, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Gary Oldman is on laying on the bed, and I, I, I don't know. That's nice. where I turned it off. So this movie continues to get better uh, because... Then Ruben, he essentially gets kicked out of the of the of the house. They yeah. tell him like this is a place for people who don't think being deaf is a handicap. You can't live here if you have cochlear implants. That's not our lifestyle. So he has to leave. And he goes to live with his ex-girlfriend Lou, who is in Paris. But before that happens, he gets his implants turned on. Which again for me was a mind-blowing scene because mm -hmm. I had always assumed if you have hearing aids, you're good. Yeah, you're you can mm. hear. I've seen those viral videos of the kid hearing their mom talk for the first time so many times. Yeah. yeah. And I'm always so touched by it. It's like, oh wow, like they can finally yeah. hear. That's amazing. And yeah, yeah but in this, this movie, they turn the hearing implants on and they can suck. Yeah, it's like that's what you it know, sounds like. Oh my god. You know, that's funny. That was actually it wasn't a surprise for me only because I've seen interviews. This sounds funny, but uh, Paul Stanley from Kiss has mm. talked extensively about. I never knew this that he has a regular ear, and then he had an ear that the canal went in and just closed right mm. here. Like it didn't. There's nothing. It doesn't go in. Like just skin, like a wall right there. He always had that. Yeah, oh, wow. since birth. So in the last, I don't know, decade, he finally got the technology got good that they have those. It's exactly the same thing. Those implants. And they installed it where it would conduct off of bone and all that stuff. And and he talked about it, and it sound it was exactly how it sound the way he described it was exactly how it sounded in the movie. Where it's like it's not really hearing; it's you know it's bouncing off stuff to kind of give you the gist, but it's not you know. It the sounds same. like you're listening to a broken walkie-talkie underwater. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Like there's there a signal is there; it's doing it. Right. But it, it ain't, that ain't hearing. It was just another heartbreaking moment in this movie. Yeah. Because he gave away everything. He's, I mean, he, he lost his home with those people yeah. and those kids, which he seemed to really love doing the teaching thing. And then all of his band stuff and his van, everything about yeah. him, he sold for this. Yeah. Yeah. But it also just brings greater aware, uh, awareness to what it's like to be deaf and yeah. to struggle yeah. with, you know, impaired hearing, yeah. which. Okay, uh, maybe this is insensitive, but what kid hasn't gone into the bathroom and tried to take a shower with your eyes off the whole time mm -hmm. just to see if you could what it was like to be blind mm -hmm. or to do something with your eyes closed the whole right. time mm -hmm. or to just, you know, operate in the complete dark? Yeah. Uh, and to some effect, even you've maybe plugged your ears and wondered what it would be like to be deaf. I think this movie really gives, uh, you know, a more clear picture of the hardships yeah. of it. And it's, you know... I think there is, I did have this assumption that like, if you can get a hearing aid, you know, you're fine. Yeah. And like, and that 
striving to be able to hear is like the the normal that people strive for. Mm -hmm. Like if you lose your hearing, of course you want a hearing aid. That's what I used to think. And now after having watched this movie, I don't know if that's true anymore. Right. You know, mm -hmm. the hearing aid kind of sucks. And like they say at that at that recovery center, they don't consider not being able to hear a handicap. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just a different culture. Yeah. Right. You know, when I watched this movie, I was watching it. Um, Jenny was working, and I was watching the living room. So I put on my AirPod Pros to watch it so I wouldn't bother her while yeah. she's working. But the movie ended, and she started talking to me and had noise cancellation on, and oh. it was like, what the? It like for one millisecond, yeah. it was like, "What the fuck?" Because like, like, no, it, yeah. Cause like, the it, curse. Because it really, it really was like the sound of metal. Curse. It was like, oh, what's the movie? What's the movie? It was like, "What the fuck?" Oh my yeah. god, Jesus Christ! Thought you were cosplaying, <laughs> but it was like that one millisecond. I was like, "Fuck this!" Like I don't <laughs> want this. Yeah, um, and it goes without saying too. I mean, I, I don't think you said it, but um, it this movie won, won the Oscar for sound. Which I mean, it <laughs> again. I have no idea what it's like to be deaf. I have no idea what it's like to like anything. I don't know, but it's like, I have a, this seemed real to me. This seemed right. Like everything that mm -hmm. you, they made me hear in this movie was like, yeah, this is this. Felt like it could sucks. happen. Yes, moment. it could happen. And also like it made me in two seconds realize how devastating that would be to my life. If this happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. The movie was shot in four weeks, but uh, the sound design took 23 weeks. Wow. Which was longer than the filming or editing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were just working on the sound design. Yeah. Well, paid off. The movie ends. Um, we're going to spoil it now, as we do with every movie club. He goes to visit his girlfriend in Paris and kind of reconnects with her, bonds with her, but attends a party where she performs a song with her dad, and he tries to listen with his implants, and it just isn't really working. Yeah. And for this musician who has uh, sacrificed so much to get back to this point for it not to really be working, what else is there for him to do? He just has to accept it. Uh, he, he has a conversation with his girlfriend, like, we can get back to touring, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like awkward. And then he basically, I like this moment in the movie too. Yeah. Where yeah. finally this character has this moment of like, no more bullshit. And he just yeah. says like, you know what? Thank you for sticking with me and, and getting me and, and you know. You, you saved you saved my life. Yeah, yeah. Which is like the second he's bringing it back up, like she starts like doing this, picking at her skin again, and like all yeah. this stuff. Like he can see, like, oh, I'm fuck, I I'm doing this to her. That was I, a beautifully executed part. Yeah, didn't they didn't go too far or too little during that moment. It yeah. was like he's you see the gears turning. Like, okay, I need to give up on this. I'm yeah. What's the cost? And and him just and him not doing it. it you know, they could have made it. They could have just even a little bit would have made it too cheesy. Where you know. Oh man, no, he doesn't play it that way at all. He plays it completely kind and just like, man, thank you so you saved my yeah. life. And in that hug, he knows like, this, this is it. This is goodbye. This is That's it. it. You know, yeah, plays it so well. He uh, he returns to Paris. It's a noisy Paris street. The cochlear implant sounds like shit. <laughs> the movie ends with him taking it off, and it's a prolonged shot of him in silence as he just sits there and absorbs the world around him. Um. That's how the movie ends. Yep. It was really good. And really honestly, like, I got chills when I watched it. I almost have chills now. Just like, dude, that fucking ending. And it's like, truly, it's like, I'm dying. Like, what happens next? Like, what happens with this guy? Like, I want to know. But also, it's beautiful that you don't. But, you know. That's why they got to do Sound of Metal 2, get the band back together. <laughs> the boys Perfect. are back in town. Dude. Like, in my heart, I hope he goes back to Joe and is able to get his way back into that. He can't. 
I no, I think he's. He I can't. Think, but but I think he moved but on. But why couldn't he? Joe's but, revenge. <laughs> but yeah. that's uh, yeah, that that ending, him just having, like I said, real inner peace is like, couldn't be a better ending for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, anyways, that's Sound of Metal. If you haven't seen it, I really recommend you see this one. This was great. This is a really good one. Um, let's give it popcorn shakes. Um, I'm going to give it, I don't know. It's hard. I'm going to say four and a half. Like, I really loved this movie. I really love this movie. Nice. Is that the highest rating you've ever given a movie? I gave Princess Bride five. Oh. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you gave that five out of five. I did. Rocco somehow missed Well, you're too busy calling it a dumb kids movie to hear my rating. I didn't say it was a dumb kids movie. I said Disney Channel movie, which people love (laughs) Disney Channel movies. Anyways. There's a lot of beloved ones. Johnny Uh, Tsunami. Yeah, I'm going to give this four popcorn shakes out of five. Very good. Very strong film. Strong contender for the Oscar. Um, yeah, for all the reasons that I mentioned, I'm I'm gonna also give it a four out of five. Um, there was the only honestly, I'm trying to think like what what are any marks against it? And really, for me, in the middle of the movie, I was kind of hitting, kind of going like, all right, what what you know the the that first chunk of the movie is so horrific mm-hmm. and so visceral and like oh my god i think in the middle when he was at that community i was kind of like so what are we gonna pivot this into now for a little bit i was kind of like what what's next all right um but that's not that's barely a diss i mean i'm not um it it, it turned into something beautiful so i really have no complaints so i'm gonna say four yeah four yeah. it was a really good really that's, good movie great touching movie that's a pretty high rating from us it's a solid 12 or 13 so sound of metal pretty highly rated by the mega 64 movie club you check know, it out on amazon i looked into speaking of the highest ratings i looked yeah. at because derek you, you, obviously you gave oh yeah i said last week i want to know what the, how the ratings stack up yeah it was a five actually someone did submit someone did make a table of all of our, oh, they where, did. Where was that that did exist. I'll find it. it uh, they put it on like Letterbox or something. I don't remember, but I'll dig it up after this. But okay. um, th- yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, and I'll I'll name them next time. But um, the I the you had not given a five before because we were like, is that your only five? Uh, Prestige had a four point five. So if you want to roll, if you want to roll okay. that up, then that would count. Otherwise, no. It's it's just okay. that. All right. I All think right. the only five I've given was Rear Window, which I was surprised. I was surprised I gave that a higher one than I Sean. Thought, I thought you gave Roger Rabbit a five. Oh, I might have. Yeah, I might have done that too. Okay, I so I've given a did. couple. Yeah, you're Anyways, right. <laughs> next week. Next yeah, week. What is next? We are going to be watching the Western, great American Western classic, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Never seen that. Watch it. Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Uh, have a shootout that lasts nine hours against each other on a spaceship. It's crazy. Wow. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Another, another, damn it, another HBO Max exclusive CGI, whatever. Yep. Guess let's watch it. Tune in and we'll see you then. Bye. Oh, wait, we can't shut this off. Hey, what? hey, Johnny. You want me to do it? Could you, could you shut it off? Oh, God. Oh, was he up there the whole time? No. Was he up there? He oh, was jo- up Johnny, there. Johnny, you were up there the whole time? Were you waiting for us?